I don't know which party my wife belongs to, but uh, she belongs to my kitchen and my living room and the other room. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Other Room with me, Abby, and Kes, and our guest, Terry. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi, Hi Abby. I'm good. And you? I'm good. Thank you. Hi, Terry. Good to have you on. Hello, Kes. I'm not a bad host. We are so pleased and ecstatic to have you on today, Terry. <laughs> Thank you, Abina. Thank you. Happy to be here. Okay, so today's episode, we are going to go through what's popping after Icebreaker and then the yin and yang section with um, Terry. So Icebreaker today is, if you were a potato, what way would you like to be cooked? Terry first and then kiss. Okay, so I would like to be big because um, <laughs> because I believe baking is a much more healthier option um, when you're cooking. I, I, I mean, frying would add a bit more calories and I would prefer baking to preserve some nutrients as well. So definitely baking. Okay, cool, cool. Kiss. What's your option going to be? Give me all the calories. <laughs> With no shame. Give me all the calories, please. Yes. Right. I want curly fries. Uh-huh. Seasoned, like spicy. I want everything. I want salt and vinegar. I want spicy. I want um, garlic parmesan. Anything. Flavored fried potatoes. Yes. And if they're curly too, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel you on that. How about you, Abby? <laughs> I would want to be made as vodka. She like made as vodka. <laughs> vodka. <laughs> also productive. But that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. Be hydrated. Like, just take a shot and then it will keep you warm as well when it's cold. Like it will ginger your body and it gets. Mm. Yes. Oh, why do you think the Russians drink like that? Okay. That's why the Russians created it. They were on to <laughs> something. Listen, do, people demonize the Russians. Just, yeah. Guys, they are on to something. Anyway, um, <laughs> so for what's popping today, the first topic we've got is yay to progress. There have been um, major breakthroughs in two yes. things. Breakthrough in sickle cell treatment and the other being the malaria vaccine, which is like exciting news for all black people all over the world. <laughs> yeah. um, thoughts on this new development, Kes, Terry? Kes first. Um, this is definitely a win for black people, as you said, because hey, we are the ones that suffer most from um, malaria and then also from sickle cell. And yeah, um, I think mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Um, I lost a friend to sickle cell, so I know that it's not a very friendly disease. And I know a lot of people suffer from it, so I'm glad that there's something that at least people that could uh, i guess extend the um, people's lives because i know people die quite young from um, sickle cell and then of course malaria too i think kids don't some kids don't even stand a chance at all so yeah um i think also covid has helped yeah. accelerate this i mean because people are doing all sorts of testing and research and what's about for covid vaccines and cure if possible so i think in all of that they're using that same technology that same gene um, witchcraft <laughs> to <laughs> figure out <laughs> how this can be done. Yeah, 
But yeah, hey. Maybe celebrate all the little wins. So yeah. And these are major wins. <laughs> we'll take them. Yes. Yeah, major wins. Terry? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's obvious we all know somebody suffering from sickle cell. And I believe we've all been survivors of malaria. So, I mean, others are not fortunate <laughs> enough. Others are not fortunate enough to survive malaria. So, these are major wins, like you said. And, um, especially for black people. This is good. This is, this is really good. Yeah. I don't know why, but I've never had malaria, which is weird. And the doctors yet never believe me when I tell them that. <laughs> Every time It'll I come back from Ghana, I have to get tested. What? Yeah, me too. Yeah. What did he say? I was like, Obi oh. you, you didn't stay here. No, ah, I lived in Ghana for eighteen years solid. <laughs> what I what are you trying to say? And you are saying, and you are saying you never had malaria. Never. Maybe as a child. It's... Maybe, and I didn't know you. Yeah, have same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, maybe as a child, yes. But you see, Ghana, if your head is aching, it's malaria. If your stomach is aching, it's malaria. If you have a fever, it's malaria. Anything is malaria. And you, you, you <laughs> can take anti-malaria pills, or some people say eat food yeah. to cure malaria, whatever that means. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, speaking of this being a great win and everything, and um, like Kes mentioned, the technology being used, which traces down back to Henry Selaxel's, um, the black woman, and just also the accessibility of more black people in the scientific space, I guess, doing more research and focusing on stuff for us. It's all like really major wins for us. But then that brings us to the second topic uh, for what's popping, which is surprising, but a fictional character we all love, Shuri, <laughs> or the actress p- playing here, um, who is supposed to be a scientist on the movie Black Panther or the series Black Panther is actually yeah. the actress playing her is actually an anti-max <laughs> person and it breaks my heart <laughs> that's our second was popping because she's apparently out there spreading anti-vax news and I'm like girl Leticia why what is going on like I understand the hesitancy uh, hesitancy other people have so it's like getting vaccinated especially with our history linked to what we said earlier like now that we are we have more black people in the field looking for, out for us the white people previously didn't really like practice with care and ethic when dealing with black people so it's fine that we are suspicious but then come on at this point and someone of your status doing this like <laughs> what's yeah. up yeah it's it's yeah. surprising i mean we all expect more from people like her especially when it comes to issues like these because we we all know how devastating COVID has been especially to poor nations so um, I mean Americans can can decide to do what they want to do because Mm -hmm. of their status in the world but I believe that as black people we look up to some of these um, celebrities and figures movies like Black Panther, which was huge for, huge movie for all of us. So, uh, I mean, she could have been private with it if she had any, <laughs> issue, any issues with it. I mean, I was very surprised when I heard she came out to, to, to spread it. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. We shouldn't yeah. forgive her. 
Yeah. I, I was saying that they should just they should just kill her character. <laughs> so you're saying Marvel should cut cut her. Yeah, kill her character. <laughs> Let her assistant take over or something. Kill her character. No. <laughs> but yeah, like Terry yeah. said. And let wow. her assistant take over. I'm sorry. <laughs> But then, like Terry said, you have such a big um, audience, such a big platform, and Black Panther in itself was very iconic, and a lot of people are um, looking up to, a lot of people look up to these, what do you call it, actors and actresses, you know. And I mean, the role that she played as well as a scientist, a lot of people are going to then say, oh, a woman can do this, I, I want to do this, you know, she's young, she, she was able to do this in Wakanda, I'm also going to be able to do this. And, you know, a lot of kids are looking up to these Black people and you know older people as well so then i think it's really it's not right that she's going around spreading all these things like you said i think just keep it to yourself but then and especially mm-hmm. whilst you're shooting the new movie as well like you're already uh, putting bad vibes yeah on the <laughs> yeah and it's just sad overall though because like um the history of inoculation that's not really just that in the west like we've also been practicing yep. different ways you know so it's funny when yeah, I don't know. And she's Guyanese, right? Um, Guyanese British, um, which is a small like Caribbean island, I suppose. And yeah, Guyanese. Their British. population is even under a mil, and they've had almost one mm-hmm. k deaths thanks to COVID. So if wow. you are, you know, if you are following the news and everything, there should be something of concern to you, and you should be advocating for more people yeah. to go out and get vaccinated. But oh well, yeah, <laughs> sad. Um, <laughs> anyway. We are going to go on to our next session today, which is Yen with a bit of Yang. Oh, I said that wrong earlier, didn't I? But Yen with a bit of Yang with Terry, who is from Paper Smog. Do you want to tell us a bit about Paper Smog? What inspired you to start Paper Smog? What you do at Paper Smog, Terry? Okay, so um, I'm sure you uh, know what we do, but let me just. Um, Yes. For the guests. Yes. Oh, for yeah. the listeners. Uh, um, so, Paper Smoke is basically uh, a car maintenance company. Uh, we try as much as possible to make car maintenance um, cheaper and accessible and affordable to everybody. In, in Ghana, if you want quality car maintenance service, you have to pay so much money, you know. Like, if you don't have to take your car to a roadside mechanical, you're going to do some trial and errors in an attempt to fix your car. You you have to pay so much money. So it's a problem we identified, and we decided that we were going to do something about it. And I personally took it upon myself to um, stop my 8 to 5 so that I can dedicate all my time to... Um, doing this, even though I didn't have any background in mechanical engineering, okay. but I I believed <laughs> my passion was enough, okay. <laughs> you know, to to get this started. And and so far, it's been good. We managed to um, give a number of people some good maintenance services and plans that seems to work very well with their budgets and for their pockets and we also work with a few companies around to to maintain their cars and all that so um that's basically what we do 
So saying that you don't have any background in um, mechanical engineering, what capacity do you run the business? Like I'm just curious about how the structure is. Yeah. So um, I am I am just the official head. I I have bosses. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I have bosses. Most of the time, people think um, you know I'm the boss of the customer, but I actually have bosses. So, but yeah, I am actually involved in the day-to-day running of the business. I I do diagnosis myself. I mean, I can fix a car though, so I can I can almost tear a car apart and then reassemble it. Yeah. It's it's self-taught, so okay. um, yeah, I do I do a lot of hands-on, but we have. A team of qualified personnel, and then with, with my expertise and with the expertise of other people on our team, we are able to combine all that we know to make sure that people always get the best of service when we are last. I have voices as well. I hear you. <laughs> Link me. <laughs> okay. But basically, um, yeah. the intent for well, starting this conversation today was because, um, obviously, as you're aware, there's misogyny in general, but there's also a bit of misogyny geared towards women who own cars, which is a weird concept, like a weird thing to even experience. Yeah. So that was what... I decided to bring you up here for, and since you're a guy, I suppose you could have your perspective or your angle on this. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you're very right. You're very, very right about that. I mean, there are two ways of looking at this. Funny enough, some people believe that women don't maintain their cars well. Other people to believe that women drive a bit more patiently so for example i don't know if you've noticed on twitter that sometimes when people are selling used gas they'll target as used by a woman mm. you know to try to suggest that she was very gentle oh. with her compared to what maybe a man would have you know so that is one side of it but the other side to it that some people also believe that women generally don't know much about cars which is bullshit because i don't think anybody is born as a mechanical engineer i mean anything anybody knows about a car the person would have read it heard it or have been told or would have experienced it so automatically saying you know women are not good when it comes to maintaining cars as well and i'll use a bit of um, statistic with my business um, we have more women than men on our on our client list, and I can assure you that the issues they seem to bring in, and and the way they are very very careful as to not skipping maintenance, is not the same with the men. Averagely, most women on our list will only drive their car, let's say, up to about 
200 kilometers if their service is built. But some men could drive up to about 2,000 kilometers when the service is built, you know, and then you would have to call them <laughs> to remind them, um, yeah. you know, the service is due. When are you bringing it? Oh, Charlie, I'm very busy. I will bring that. Get it. But a woman on our list is always, you know, they would actually call when the service is due and tell you that this has popped up on the dashboard or this has popped up. On, and I remember you said we have to do this and we have to do that. So when are you coming from that? So so it is it is really different on the ground actually. Women are very, very careful with their cars and when it comes to maintenance they don't just so anybody who believes women um are bad with cars, especially also in when it comes to driving, sometimes you'll be driving and maybe someone will drive badly and then the next person will assume that the person driving that car is a woman, which is also very bad because driving is a skill. Women learn it, men learn it. You have professional women racers, you have people who drive for a living and they are women. <laughs> um, if you come to Ghana, most of our public transport, um, the Metro Mass service, most of the drivers are women and they seem to be doing way better than the men. You know, if you see a metro mass car being driven by a woman, you see less scratches and dents on it, but you see that being driven by a man, you know, with all sorts of so it's just like you said. It has absolutely nothing to do with gender. Everybody can be a good driver, everybody can be a good car owner, everybody can take very good care of their cars. It has absolutely nothing to do with I would just like to say that I am one of those who kind of like, oh, why is she driving? Why are you driving like that? And they're like, oh yeah, it's a woman, of course. I'm sorry, but uh, why? Why do they yes. do that? Look, wow. I, I, I am, I am, I, I am not a typical woman driver. Hey. So women, women who drive well drive really well, and I okay. think that I drive really well. Oh, I I hope that I drive really well. And then, like you know, sometimes it's just like just go. Like I mean, I'm not I'm not, I, I'm not saying over speed or whatever. But then, like go, take take the right decisions and just do it. And they're like they're like like I don't know what to do. I understand that when you get a roundabout, right, you have to wait until um you know everyone give them. You, you, you don't will, have yeah. the right of way. Give those the right of way to go. But then. In this Ghana here with traffic, I beg, we are not going to sit there and wait. We will all go small like that. <laughs> and then you are just sitting there waiting. Okay. I, I, some, I mean, sometimes it's really annoying. It's really annoying. But hey. <laughs> okay, so I get you, Kes. I think what Kes is trying to say is that women get bullied a lot on the road. I don't know if that's what she's trying to say. But I wouldn't disagree. And it all boils down to Everybody gets bullied in Ghana. Every, every I'm like, one of the bullies. The truck truck drivers <laughs> feel like they own the road. The taxi drivers feel like they own the road, right? So sometimes they are supposed to give way, but they will be going. Oh, yeah, when they are sure. joining the road, the way they drive, it's like they don't give any respect to the driver coming, you know, who has the right of way. So it's like that. And sometimes, I don't know, but women find themselves in some of these situations and they they will be a bit more patient and you know try to manage the situation to avoid accident right but maybe a man will try to be aggressive and be like yo i have the right of way mommy crying i'm in swimming court and they'll be exchanging words and all that 
So maybe somebody will be behind the woman and she is trying to be careful and all that. And some people will be warning, hey, I'm going to call anyone, I'm going to that kind of thing. So everybody gets bullied on the road. Sometimes men also do that. I mean, I do that. I am a very careful driver. When I see a situation, I don't try to bully my way out. If somebody is trying to be stupid on the road, I allow them to be stupid on the road. And I just, because look, I, I, <laughs> I want to make sure my car, my car doesn't get scratched. So me, I would, I would take my time. And people will be honing and screaming, hey, no, they won't give me another kind of language. You get it. But, Everybody gets everybody gets a fair share of that, so it's okay. I mean, yeah, it's terrible here. Yeah, terrible. I I always say you have to, you have to be a mad person to drive in Accra. <laughs> I know. No idea. You have to be a mad person to drive in Accra. So me, if you see me on the streets, I'm a mad one. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. You had mentioned something about um, how people advertise cars and that actually leads to the next question. What is there to look out for when buying a new car or a used car? Okay, so there are a lot of things, to be very honest with you. But the first thing I would advise is that if you can get a professional to have a look at the car for you, do that. It is one of the services we render at Papersmock. So if somebody wants to buy a used car, they can... Have us evaluate the car, you know, and then we send them a report on the car if they want. Some people will be like, oh, a worker who be in their catcher, right? But some people are like, okay, oh, you have a report. It's like how many pages? Okay, send it. I want to see everything about the car because our reports on cars are very detailed. Um, used car, it, it covers everything about the car, even including things you naturally not concern yourself with, but it's a car and you're going to make an investment in it. So sometimes it's, it's really good to get that professional service of having a report that you would, because the red areas, we flag them so that, you know, you see that this is danger, this is danger, this is danger. So maybe avoid buying this car, look for another option. So if you can look for a professional to to get it done for you do that. But let me give a few tips, which maybe you, if you can have access to a professional, you can, you can look out for. So the first thing you have to do when you're buying a, a used car is always to request for the VIN. VIN stands for Vehicle Identification Number. It is a unique identification number for vehicles globally. So when you get the VIN, just Google the VIN, right? When you Google the VIN, some information on the car will come up. And what you are trying to look out for is accident history, whether the car is stolen, whether the car got flooded, you know, and some of these things would come up if you Google the vehicle identification number. So that is very, very important because we all know that in Ghana, most of the used cars we import are accident cars. Mm. We come here, we do some one or two repairs to them, we spray them, you know, on the outside, shen, 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 but, you know, <laughs> they would have underlying problems here and there. So that is very, very important. Always request for the vehicle identification number and document, right? If you don't know what to do when all that information pops up, just take your time and maybe add some keywords to it, like maybe stolen or flooded or something. It will narrow the search down for you. Then there is a whole database of stolen cars and flooded cars. So you will get that information. And then the other thing you would have to look out for is that 
car dealers in Ghana, most of them are my friends, but it's unfortunate. I'm not happy with some of their activities, so, but the most anyone should be careful about when it comes to dealing with car dealers in Ghana is the mileage on a car. They rig it. You know, they rig it. So maybe a car would come, it has like maybe 120,000 miles on the odometer, and then a car dealer would be like, Charlie, I deal with the also. If I be told, then you know, you'll try to break the mileage and maybe reduce it to what, maybe 50k or you know, you get it. So that is another thing you should be careful. I mean, getting to know if a car's mileage is rigged or not requires a professional. For that one, I, I'm not going to lie to you. You cannot just look at the car and just, you know, tell that the mileage is rigged. You need some advanced countries to start with and then of course you need somebody who can see certain things on the car and then conclude that no this this thing has done more than 50,000 kilometers but then also when you google the thing sometimes when vehicle history pops up you might see some service dates and then the mileage at which the service was done would pop up so let's take for example a service was done at 80,000 kilometers in Abuchi, where the car came from, and then your car is in Ghana with 50,000 kilometers. Straight away, you know that it is rigged, or you see that the car was auctioned at 85,000 miles. But then your car is in Ghana, the same car, the same thing, and the mileage is 40,000 miles. So obviously, <laughs> there and then you see a red flag, and, and you don't go buy that car. So these are things you can sit home and remotely do. So before you even go to the car dealer to try and you know negotiate for price or anything, the first thing you always have to do is to request something. Some of them will not send it to you. The moment they don't send it to you, you know that they, they have things to hide. But some will send it to you willingly and then you can check some of these things Then the final thing you can look out for when you're buying a used car is that be very, very vigilant with the notifications on the dashboard. Car dealers in Ghana again will cover up <laughs> notifications on the dashboard. For example, check engine sign. If the driver airbag has been deployed and they are not replacing it, they will put a tag on it and it won't light up for you to know that you know something is wrong with the car. So that is something very, very common here. I know car dealers will not be happy with me, but hey, it has to be said, I have been on this campaign and I am going to continue being on it. So it shouldn't be done, but it is something they do a lot. So what you can do is that when you insert the key, if it is pushed to start, you just turn on the ignition without you stepping on the brake. And then you look out, make sure that all the lights on the dashboard come on. Because normally when you turn your ignition key without starting the car, all these lights come on and then after a few seconds, they go away. But some will not come on at all. Then you know it has been covered. Be very, very careful with some of these things. So you can always, like I said, get a professional, someone who knows a thing or two about, you know, cars and then um, they can help you. But you can always contact us and we'll give you okay. a very good all right. service. Um, all right. So when exactly is the best time to visit a mechanic or after buying your car? How frequently should you do that? And what would you say should be a budget for maintenance and, um, yeah, upkeep? Okay, so that's a very good question. One thing most car owners yeah. don't do is, 
well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> that is what I believe. I might be wrong, but okay. most car owners haven't even opened their vehicle owner's manual before. Because if car owners were to read their yeah. owner's You know, some cars don't come with it. <laughs> If you buy a used car, most likely you won't get it. Okay, so yeah, you are right. Most cars don't come with it because they are used and maybe the previous owner wouldn't have had any use for it and would have discarded it or something. But you can always Google your car. So maybe 2012 Toyota Corolla, user manual or owner's manual, and it will come up. You'll get a PDF version of it. Then you can always read it. So that is very, very important because that tells you exactly when your car should go to okay. end the coming. You get it. Because the car is made up of so many components and so many parts. Most of these parts are not made to last forever. Okay. Most of these parts have some number of mileages they can do on the car. So if you read your owner's manual, you know that maybe when your car hits 15,000 kilometers or 15,000 miles, these are the things that have to be checked and these are the things that needs attention when it does 30,000 there are different things when it does 45,000 there are different things there are all these things are there in the maintenance schedule for car owners to know exactly when to take the car to a professional so that this car that they love so much doesn't leave them somewhere accordingly. it is very very important read your owner's manual it will tell you exactly when your car needs attention yeah. mm. I think apart from that, I don't know, I guess in Ghana here, we do this routine servicing thing where it's like three months or six months, depending on the oil they put in your car. But then I think that's something we can go by if you can get the manual as well, right? Maybe every three months, every six months. Yes, yeah, that is, but that is tricky. I prefer to use the odometer reading so you can do 5,000 kilometers, you know, oil changes about. So when you change your oil, just write the odometer, whatever mileage you've done on the car down, right? Then you add 5,000 to it. And then you, you, you write it down so that you can always cross-check. In fact, most of the cars these days are automatic, have programs equipped with the car, which will tell you exactly when you have to change your oil. So when service is due or when your oil health is is bad, the car will alert you that the oil health is bad or maybe the, the, the service is due, then you, you would have to, you know, change the oil. Like I said, the car doesn't only need oil change when it's maintenance. Maintenance is a huge thing, but in Ghana, when we say maintenance, it means corner maintenance oil only filter, you know, the car is moving, always moving. And it's not just the oil that the car is using. The car is using the suspension system, the car is using the, the, the chassis, the car is using the transmission system, the car is using a whole lot. So sometimes maintenance would, would require that you take some roads, you duplicate some axles, you do a lot okay. of things. And um, I guess our last question would be just to tie it up. Um, I had mentioned the budgeting, but I'll just go a bit into it because I'm like, okay, you've mentioned a lot of stuff. And I know the babes are not trying to break bank. And I suppose most of the times the hesitancy with getting their cars checked out will be, ugh, I ain't got money. So like if you just say, just to give a heads up or like just so they are yeah. aware and they are not overcome with the expenses involved, what's a reasonable budget um, to set with regards yeah. to this? Okay, so I have a very simple way of budgeting for car maintenance. Right? When you buy a used car, 
depending on how aged the car is, right? You can always do eight to ten percent of the acquisition value annually as your repairs and maintenance fee. So let's take for example, if you bought a car for forty thousand pounds, right? Ten percent of that will be four thousand pounds, right? So if the car is in good condition, averagely, you shouldn't spend more than four thousand pounds on maintenance okay. annually. You get it. Now, that is just maintenance, okay? Because, I mean, if we are looking at major things on the car, like maybe a tire, changing all four tires, or maybe replacing, what do you call it, suspension system, or something major, you know, that alone could chew up your 4K, you get it. But this 4,000 is to give you an idea that if you want to maintain what you currently have in the condition in which you got it you should budget annually for four thousand basically saying ten percent of what you paid for the car you get it if you paid a hundred thousand for the car you know you have to budget for like 10k annually to maintain the car so when you have that down you you know that within the year your oil chain your maintenance schedule are all covered and this can also include basic consumables for the car like a filter change a carbon filter change yeah some of these and maybe wiper headlights all these things can be accommodated in that about 10 percent. okay so where can we find you and like on the interwebs and also just in accra general okay so we have a website and we actually um also have a forum you can always go there to post your car problems and you would have you know, experts come to give you some professional advice. You can find us uh, at papersmog.com. Uh, when you go there, you see our forum as well. It's still a work in progress site, but I think we have <laughs> the most important things you would need there. So our contact information is there. If you want to drive into our workshop, we are located around Achimota Mile 7, around Mile 7 Park. And then we also have another workshop around Abusukai in the heart of Kanechi. And we are also mobile. So if you, if you probably, you know, want us to come to you, we do that. Most of your car problems can actually be done right in your premises or wherever the car is located. We don't necessarily need you to bring in the car for us to look at it. So wherever the car is, as long as we don't have to replace an engine or a gearbox where we need a crane for that, we can always come and work on your car for you. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Terry, and for the gems you've dropped. Um, I hope others find it very useful. I do not strive and maybe eventually somewhere down along the line, I'll have to revisit this episode myself to listen to this again. Um, but thanks so much. I appreciate your time. And thanks, listeners, for joining us again. Um, we'll be back with another episode in two weeks. But in the meantime, do check us out on Twitter and on Instagram at GCRTOR. And you could also check out other episodes from our sister shows on listentogcr.com which has like every other episode recorded ever from the Gold Coast Report there. Thanks again to our producer, Efwa, who is making our show bomb and amazing every single time. Um, <laughs> till next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Sure, doubting that they know it.
This has been a Gold Coast Reports production. Catch up on episodes and discover more shows from our network on listen to gcr.com.